Shulchan Arachadav, we are in Simon Shintes. We begin Halacha Ches, section 309. We begin the eighth Halacha. All authorities agree. That if an object becomes a base for a forbidden object, again, that is twilight or dusk. So then, even if if the even if the forbidden object was later removed, it is still forbidden to move the base for the entire Shabbos, just as it is forbidden to do so while the forbidden object was on it. So, the reason for this is, since it was demuksa during Ben Hashemashas, it was demuksa for the entire Shabbos. As we explained in section 310. So again, even though the Forbidden object was removed since that base became muksa uh, during Ben Ashmashis. So it now remains muksa for the rest of Shabbos um, and it cannot be moved. Halacha test 9. A permitted object does not become a base. This is Allah 9. For a forbidden object, unless the forbidden object was placed there intentionally for a purpose, whether for the sake of the forbidden object itself, in other words, so that it would have a solid base, uh, for example, coins that are placed on a pillow, or for the sake of another object which was permitted to be carried, for example, a stone placed over the opening of a barrel. <laughs> If, however, the forbidden object was placed there incidentally, without any particular purpose that would require its placement there, but just as different objects are often placed atop one another on a chest because it's not wide enough to clear space on the bottom of the chest for each object, people just dump it in there, basically. So then the permitted object then does not become a base for their forbidden object. Instead, the situation is governed by the laws that govern a forbidden object that was forgotten on top of a permitted one. Thus, one is permitted to move the permitted article by shaking the forbidden article off it, as stated in sub- subsection 4. For this reason, says the Alter Rebbe, it is permitted to move the tablecloth that is upon a table, even if a candelabra is standing on it. The rationale is that one does not need the candelabra on the tablecloth, only the table. One places it on the tablecloth only because it's impossible for him to clear a place for the candelabra on the table itself, or because he doesn't think of making a place for it. Therefore, the tablecloth does not become a base for the candelabra, and it does not become forbidden to be moved. Now, we should point out that in actual practice, since the candelabra, which is mukta is resting on the tablecloth, under most circumstances, the tablecloth would not be removed. Nevertheless, the fact that the tablecloth is not designated as muktzah is significant because one is permitted to shake it and thus remove other articles from it. From where on the see uh, section 277, halacha vav 6. Okay, we now begin halacha yud 10. Kina shatayna goylem, when there is an egg containing a chicken in a chicken nest. The egg is forbidden to be removed because it's not fit for even for a dog to eat because of its shell. Hence, the 
nest becomes a base for the egg. The rationale is that since the nest was made for the chickens, therefore the egg's presence is not comparable to an article that was forgotten on top of, of, of a permitted article, but to one that was intentionally placed there. Similar principles apply in all analogous situations. So the reason why it's not comparable to an article that was, to- that was forgotten on top of, of, of a permitted article, but, but to one that was intentionally placed there, is because it can be assumed that the chicken will lay eggs. We should point out that an ordinary egg is not muksa on Shabbos, because it can be eaten uncooked. If, however, it was laid on Shabbos, it's muksa because of their bidding prohibition against eating it, since it is noilat. And the final halacha in this section, halacha yudalaf 11, if a person places an object that is muksa on a permitted object belonging to another person, without the person's knowledge, so then the permitted object does not become a base for the forbidden object. This ruling applies even if the object that is muksa also belongs to that other person. The rationale is that a person cannot cause an object belonging to another person to become forbidden without that person's consent. And this is a general principle in Torah law, However, if one actually mixed the forbidden food into someone else's kosher food, the mixture is permitted to be consumed. Now, a different rule applies if one performs the act for the benefit of the other person, when it can be assumed that the other person appreciates the act performed for his benefit. For example, while it was still day on Friday, Reuven took an earthenware utensil belonging to Shimon and placed it under a candle in Shimon's house so the candle would fall into it and not burn down the house. The lamp, in fact, fell into the utensil before Bein Hashemashas and remained there until after Bein Hashemashas, thus making the utensil a base for the lamp. It is forbidden to move the earthenware utensil for the entire Shabbos. Similar principles apply in all analogous situations. This concludes Allah Yudalah. Uh, Simon Shintas, the uh, section 309, and today's share.